Jesus. That's our heart's cry. Father, is for you to have your way. Which means that our way cannot exist while you're having your way. It's either ours or yours. And we choose yours. Because yours is full of love. Yours is full of peace. Yours is full of direction, wisdom, rest. So Father, have your way in our life. We commit our minds to you, our hearts to you, our bodies to you, our families to you, our kids, our husbands, our wives. Any and everything that may concern us, or even cause us to worry, we commit sickness, disease that you've already placed on Jesus. We commit anything and everything that gets in the way of what you've already done for us. Have your way. We give you first place. We choose to give you first place. Hallelujah. So one more time with hands lifted high in surrenderance, we say, Father, <laughs> have your way. Glory to God. Amen. Praise the Lord. You may be seated if you can. That's a heart decision, no matter how you may feel. When you say that, it's not based on feelings. It's based on a heart decision. And uh, so thank you, Father. Thank you so much for your grace. Thank you so much for your mercy. Thank you for your rest. Thank you for your peace and joy. Jesus name amen hallelujah how are you all doing this morning amen I heard wonderful I like that praise the Lord so am I it's good to see you all and uh, as always you know we're gonna support kingdom business with our giving as you all have been so faithful to do in reference to this this body, this church, Lake Haven, you're such awesome givers and and uh, you're so faithful, and so we just thank you for that. I'm I'm thinking about one particular scripture, and most of you are familiar with it, and it says Jesus Christ, the same. That covers it all, right? Man, that doesn't leave nothing out. He is the same, the creator of heaven and earth, the creator of you, the creator of things, the creator of all things is the same yesterday, today, and forever. So he doesn't lack in anything concerning you and yours. Anything that pertains to life and godliness, that pertains to rest, that pertains to peace, 
He is the same yesterday, today, and forever, and his word reveals that. And he cannot go against his word, no matter what we may do. He can't, and he will not. So you are taken care of, whether you realize it or not. You are blessed beyond measure. Amen. Amen. So as you prepare to give this morning, uh, obviously there's many opportunities to give and just to support Kingdom Business here at uh, Lake Haven Church. And I like to say Kingdom Business because it's beyond this natural stuff. The spiritual things are, are more real than the natural things. And, and God is about the kingdom. And uh, what, what if we allow what you all do through your giving, you allow Kingdom Business to take place first, these things in the natural will be covered. So amen. So thank you so much for that, but there's plenty of opportunities to give, and as we, as we say often, you know, through the, the envelopes, the old-fashioned way, or you can mail it in, and, but if you fill out an envelope, just make sure you drop it in the box on your way out, or you can give online. But I just want to encourage you and remind you that your father, his son, the Holy Spirit, all three are the same. They don't change. Circumstances change, but they don't. Amen? So you're good. You may not think about it. You may not think you are, but you are. Amen. You're good, good, good because you have a good, good father. So let's just say amen. Let's agree together. Father, thank you for this opportunity to give. We thank you that we are not waiting to be blessed. We are blessed. We're not waiting for the benefits. We have the benefits. And we embrace those benefits. We embrace the provision that you've already provided before we even existed here on this earth. And Father, you already know our end. You already know what we may face financially or may be facing right now. And so we choose to believe that provision has already been provided. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thank you so much once again for your faithfulness. And uh, it's just good to be here, y'all. Amen. It's a little chilly this morning, but um, as long as I got a beanie for my bald head, I'm good to go. <laughs> you have two very, very important announcements, super important. So make sure your ears are tuned in. This coming Saturday is the day. Praise the Lord. Amen. We can give them a shout. We met our goal, y'all. 1,000 kids, amen, will be getting blessed. It was set and it was met in Jesus' name. So uh, 1,000 kids, 1,000 families. But as I was mentioning in the meeting this morning, you know, the need has been met financially. Now we just got to get the boxes out. And that's what's super important. This coming Saturday, this coming Saturday uh, at 9 o'clock, don't be square. Be there. Amen. Even if I was, I was just saying, even if you have an hour or two or whatever, we're going to start at, you know, at 9, but we need as many hands on deck as possible uh, to get these boxes packed and get these boxes ready to be uh, sent out because, once again, it's already been provided. But it's still that we still need to do the, the, the other part, and that is get them out. So we need as many hands on deck this coming Saturday at 9 o'clock. It's going to be awesome. It's going to be a great time for fellowship. It's going to be a great time for fun. And it's going to be a great time for teamwork, working together, you know, like a little assembly line type of thing, you know. And I used to work at FedEx, 
and uh, I, was, I was a handler, and we used to be loading boxes and moving boxes. Man, a couple of guys that I worked with is when I lived in Oklahoma, a couple of guys I worked with, you know, it made the day go by so much uh, uh, better when you just was, you know, all three of us were born again, the three that were up there. We would talk about the Lord and it's Christmas season. We're moving boxes and moving boxes and just making jokes and having fun and, and just take time, take a break. And it just made it fun, and, you know, and that's what I kind of think about for this coming Saturday. We're going to be moving and shaking and having fun as a team. I just look at things like that sometimes, you know. It's good to have fun. It's good to have fun. So that's super important this coming Saturday. Let's be here at 9 o'clock or whenever you can make it in. The uh, second announcement, which is super important, it's in reference to, and some of you may have heard of it, it's called the uh, Human Life Protection Amendment. Uh, have any uh, heard of that? Uh, it's one of the things that's, uh, it's an, the amendment states that all human beings have the right to life regardless of age, illness, or disability uh, when there is a detectable heartbeat. But the, the, uh, the protection of the vulnerable human lives, uh, we can, we, there's an amendment, a petition that needs to be signed. And by you signing the petition, it'll help to change the Florida Constitution to protect those vulnerable human lives. We need over 800 signatures, and uh, several have already been signed. There's a table that's set up in the back. It'll take just a short time for you to do that. One of the key requirements is that you have to be a registered voter. You have to be a registered voter. So over 800 Florida voters are needed to sign the, the petition to allow the amendment on our 2022 uh, ballot for the Florida voters uh, to determine if it's going to be um, uh, an amendment to the Florida Constitution. So this is super, super important. Amen. And this is, this is the time that you can actually not just put your, your words out, but put your action behind your words. So once again, there, there are petitions that are back there. This is not the only Sunday we're going to be doing it. And uh, on the petition, I'll go ahead and give it out now, but on the petition there is the website, and it's uh, Human Life Florida FL, humanlifefl.com uh, to get more information about it. But we need those signatures, and I believe this is something that we can act as the body of Christ. So there's several, several thousands and thousands of people throughout the state of Florida, registered voters that are taking part in this. So this is super important. Tell your friends and tell your family about it. Amen? It's important. It's important that we can be a voice for those that do not have a voice. Amen? Amen. And I'm sure most of you may have family members in that particular situation. So, y'all, guess what? I'm a speaking today. I'm a preaching today, y'all. So you all just be believing with me because I have a lot of this on my heart. And um, I'm excited about sharing this morning. And, uh, you know, I just believe that the Holy, Holy Spirit is going to guide and, and direct. And, and uh, he's going to minister, not just to me, but to y'all. Because I was blessed just preparing the message. Amen. Amen. Uh, let's pray. Father, thank you so much for your faithfulness. Just thank you that your word is true. And uh, Holy Spirit, I just uh, yield to you. I thank you that you are, you are my helper, and uh, thank you that there's people that are here physically and people that are watching online that are hungry, and I uh, just thank you because they're hungry, they will eat, choose to eat, and we give you praise and glory for that in Jesus' name, amen. amen. Praise the Lord. 
So uh, what I wanted to talk to you about is the, the title of my message is You Decide. You Decide. You Decide. And, uh, and you see, th those are not my feet, actually, but you know, those feet can go in, 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 in more than one direction. But the main direction is the one that's at the top towards God. And so uh, that's what I wanted to talk to you about is, is You Decide. And it's not, not just in reference to God as a whole, but in reference to our life, in reference to what's going on in the world today, in reference to uh, health, in reference to our family, in reference to our spouse, in reference to our kids, any situation, uh, no matter whether it's bad or good, we have the choice. We have to decide to walk in what God has already uh, provided, what God has already done. So we have a decision uh, to make, and we can, we'll see here in the Word of God, make that decision because we have been given that ability, and uh, we have been given authority too, you know. So uh, uh, the, one of the, or a few of the definitions of the word uh, decide is to make final judgment or choice. To make a final judgment or choice. Where you decide or I decide, you know what, this is it. I'm done, or I'm going forward, or I'm not moving. We decide. We make that choice. Another definition is to fix the course or the outcome. Wow. So you mean to tell me that we have uh, the determining factor in the outcome of what goes on in our life as a person, you know, as ourself, not for someone else. We, we, because it's our will, we can decide. Another definition, definition is to bring to a definitive end. Let me put my phone on vibrate because I don't know who is uh, texting me or doing this. Lord have mercy. Leave me alone. I'm preaching. I'm preaching. To bring to a definitive end. To bring to a definitive end. To make or reach a decision or a conclusion, you can decide the conclusion. You know, I'm thinking about something that happened to me, and, and some of you already know about it, uh, this year. Uh, you know, and I'll share it. Just, you know, all, that I can, all my life that I can remember, I've always liked nuts. All kinds of nuts. Pecans, or some you call pecans, depending on where you're from. Almonds, just all kinds. I sometimes I just I don't eat uh, dinner. I'll just eat nuts, just a bag of nuts. Well, you know, earlier this year, actually near the end of last year, and this year, I started having a allergic reaction to nuts. Oh no! <laughs> no. And so I would be sleeping, and then, you know, while I'm sleeping, my, my foot would start itching on the bottom, so I'll grab this foot and scratch it. And then I would feel my foot start to swell. And, uh, and that swelling would last a few hours, you know. You'll have trouble putting my shoe on. And then when that foot would go down, the other one would swell up. Isn't that crazy? Yeah. And then my hands... Swole, 
uh, my hands started itching and I'll scratch and then my hands would swell up where, you know, just hard to put my hands. And uh, then this, and it's weird because once that one swelled, it goes down and the other one would swell up. And, and I'm, I'm, I'm telling you, this is exactly how it would happen, not in the order like feet or whatever, but it happened throughout for, for months. My eyelid would swell up. But most of the time it would be one, and then the other one would swell up. And there's other, there's things that just happen. My lips, y'all. My lips would swell up. I remember getting up one time, and I can feel it. My lip, you know, you kind of feel it. Already got big lips. I kind of feel it, and it's like I look in the mirror, you know. And my wife didn't want to kiss me. <laughs> oh, I'll kiss the big lips. <laughs> I look like a fish out of water. Well, you know, laughing now, but, you know, it started irritating me. And I honestly, it started ticking me off. Because here, you know, I've been eating nuts all these years, and this starts happening, you know. And, uh, you know, uh, I started to not eat this particular one and eat this one and just trying to figure out. And then finally, you know, long story short, I just made up my mind. I'm going to eat my nuts. <laughs> and I went and bought some nuts, like I had been doing, like the mixed bag. And I looked at them because it's different, you know, if I'm doing something bad, putting ba something bad in my body, but that's, that's good, protein or whatever is not bad for you. So this is something healthy that God created. It's yummy. Thank you, Miss Sue. It's yummy. So, but, but anyway, I bought a bag, and I looked at the bag, and I said, you will not have an allergic reaction to me anymore. I spoke to it. And guess what happened? I had an allergic reaction. <laughs> my lips swole up, my feet and all that happened. Now, I didn't laugh at the time, but I laugh now. But I have a question for you. Did the word work? It happened. But when did it happen? Well, of course it happened over 2,000 years ago. Jesus' death, burial, and resurrection seated at the Father and given us authority. But it happened when I spoke. You know, we, we know the story about Jesus speaking to the fig tree. And when they came back the next day, one translation read in Mark, that's when Peter said, well, look at that. But I think it's in Matthew that I think he says, or Luke, he says it happened immediately. Well, which one is correct? Both. Both. So I continue, and I'm not encouraging this for anyone else. You know, you need to follow your heart. Don't do it because of what T does or anybody else does. And we'll talk about that more. You know, when, when I was, uh, we were at Rama. One guy gave a testimony about how he gave his car away, and then he was blessed with a better car. And this is a true story, and somebody else did the same thing, and they ended up walking. <laughs> so you need, you know, 
It doesn't mean that God don't want you to have a nicer car or house or whatever. But where are you at? Well, how is your heart persuaded? So this is, this is where I was. This is where I was. I was like, no, this is not right, and I'm not accepting it. No condemnation to anyone else. Nobody has arrived. We're still, we still should be processing the word of God through our heart. The word of God never fails. We may fail sometimes, but it doesn't. And so I continue to speak, and it's been months. Like, I don't even remember the last time I've had a reaction. I, I don't, I don't, and I'm, it doesn't, because we don't have to accept those things. But, but you have to decide. You have to make that decision and decide. Is the word of God true or is not? No matter how that person may be acting, no matter how your body may be acting or what your checkbook's saying to you, your bank account, is it true or is it not? But see, when I used to hear people say stuff similar to what I just shared with you or give a testimony, I would, some, I would condemn myself sometimes, you know, because I'm trying to figure out what is it that I'm not doing, and that's not from God. That's not from God. You know, Paul talks about how we shouldn't compare ourselves to other people. That's wrong. You, do you leave yourself open to condemnation? But I didn't know any better. I was like, man, what am I doing wrong? Because it's working for this person, not working. You know, I'm thinking this. I'm, I, no. You, you just have to continue to stay with it and stick with it. God's word never fails. And it won't fail for you. And he's not holding back. He's not keeping healing back from you. He's not keeping provision back from you. He's not. Look at Romans chapter 8. Romans chapter 8. The word of God is, is so good, and uh, I, I believe that we should actually m decide, make the decision that we're going to stick with it. We have the same spirit. This is what the word of God says. We have the same spirit residing in us that raised Jesus Christ from the dead. Look at verse number five. For, for those who live according to the flesh set their minds on the things of the flesh. But those who live according to the spirit, the things of the spirit. For to be carnally minded is death, but to be spiritually minded is life and peace. Because the carnal mind is enmity against God, for it is not subject to the law of God, nor indeed can be. So then those who are in the flesh cannot please God. So Paul's talking to Christians here. In other words, those who are thinking, because that's where it, 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 the battle is either, either won or lost, really, is in our mind and our thinking. So to be currently, verse number eight, so then those who are in the flesh cannot please God, but you, and I have written it here in my Bible, but you currently, right now, as you sit there, you are not in the flesh, but in the spirit. If indeed the spirit of God dwells in you. Now, if anyone does not have the spirit of Christ, he is none of his. That's not talking about you if you're born again. And or since 
and I'm reading from the New King James Version, or because if Christ is in you, the body is dead because of sin, but the spirit is life because of righteousness. But, or if, since the spirit Christ, the spirit, the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, he who raised Christ from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies through or by his spirit that dwells on the inside of you. Man, how much do we quote that? But how much do you, you just think about that? The creator of heaven and earth dwells on the inside of you. The miracle worker is on the inside of you by his spirit. The same spirit that raised Jesus Christ from the dead is inside of you. That's huge. But, but, but how do we walk in that more? How do we live that out more? There's many, by, by meditating on the word, by being a doer of the word and not just a hearer only, by acting on it regardless of how we feel. Because the feelings are not going to always be there. They're not. They're not. So you decide for salvation. That's how we decided. We became born again because we decided to accept Jesus as Lord. I want to incur, and, and what did you do for that? What did I do for that? Nothing. But once we get born again, we think that we, we have to do something. We, we, I mean, obviously, we need to renew our mind with the word of God. But, but you know, there's, we get into this works mentality that we need to read enough or pray enough. No, you don't need to read enough or pray enough to get God to do something that he's already done. You just want to read and pray so you can find out who you are in him and the authority that you have and, and who he is in you and, and the benefits that you have. So we decided for salvation, we should not stop deciding. We decide for ourselves if we're going to experience the blessing that have already been provided by Jesus. We decide. Not, not even God himself can decide for us. He's done all he's going to do. We decide. And really, we can't decide for other people. It's our decision. You, we have to make the choice. Currently in the world, there's sin, there's sickness, there's disease. There's disease. All that stuff is coming. God's grace, his ability within us is much more abounding. But we as Christians, children of God, ambassadors of Christ, blessed and highly favored with all the benefits that, are, that has already been available and provided, we decide if we're going to lay hold of these benefits by grace through faith. We decide. We make the choice. But oftentimes we, you know, whether it's ourselves or other people, most of the time other people, you know, comparing ourselves with others, being overly concerned about what people think. And, and I even tell the teenagers, you know, peer pressure. 
and we make the decisions based on what, what other people think of us sometimes instead of what this Word of God says about us. You know, what does the Word says about, say about you? That's what's most important. We look into this Word and find out. What does the Word say about you? Not about what people think concerning you. Even if it's a loved one, if it's contrary to the word of God. My, my dad had a way of explaining things, you know, to us as kids, and he was just super, like, blunt, 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 like. And at most of my life, my dad wasn't born again, so he was blunt with some added words. <laughs> you know? And so, you know, my, my dad, he... It's, you know, from elementary school all the way through high school. My dad, he worked for the sheriff's office, and he'd get off work, and he, he you know, put up fence. And then he ended up getting a fence company. So my brothers and I, we, we're used to going with him sometimes during the week after school if we didn't have sports or something. And then we would uh, go on Saturdays, get up early Saturday morning, and go put up fence, you know, and we'd get dirty and working, you know. He just taught us to work. And so you're putting up fence, it's working outside, you're mixing up mud, and, and you're getting dirty. So one day we were on our way home, and, uh, and uh, you know, he's driving, and, and, and I'm sitting right to the right of him. And then my brother, one of my brothers is sitting to the right of me. And uh, actually, that's how I learned to drive a stick shift, because, you know, the first vehicle I learned to drive was a stick. Yeah. And that's why most people should learn how to drive first as a stick. But anyway, yeah, I preach it, right? Yeah. But, yeah, so my dad, he would be eating his chicken or whatever. And, you know, he called me tater. And he'll hit the clutch and he'll say, shift it. And I'll shift it. And he, we'd drive him down the road and say, hit the clutch. I'll put it in the second. Hit the clutch. I'll put it in third. And so that's how I learned to drive a stick shift. But anyway, that's not the story I'm telling you. I... So we were heading home from work. I'm all dirty, y'all, you know. And I was like uh, uh, elementary school or uh, middle school, somewhere along there. And uh, so we're heading down this road in, in my neighborhood where I live. And so uh, my, my, my girlfriend at the time, my little girlfriend, you know, she lived on the corner. And so we're heading home, and there's a light, a traffic light right there, and then her house is right there. And so I'm, we're heading towards the light, and I'm hoping that the light would stay green. What happened? It red, and she's out there playing with her sisters and stuff. So as we approached the red light, I started to slide down in the seat, <laughs> you know. And so they're out there. And, of course, neighbor, neighborhood where I grew up, most everybody knew everybody. And so my dad looks over at me, and he goes, what are you doing, boy? And I say, uh, I don't want my girlfriend to see me dirty. He said, what? Sit up. And my dad say, sit up. You better sit up. And I sat up. And he said, listen to me, boy. If she don't like you dirty, she don't like you clean. And we're driving down the road after the light scene. I got to thinking about that thing. I was like, man, now, it take me a little bit to process, but I got that. If she don't like me dirty, she sure enough don't like you clean. Because, see, when I'm clean and then the Central Florida Fair comes 
and she wants a candy apple. That money that I made while I was dirty, I'm buying her a candy apple. She wants some cotton candy. That money that I made while I was dirty, I buy some cotton candy. So that stuck with me. I didn't end up marrying that girl. I married this girl. <laughs> and she likes me dirty and clean and all in between. But guess what? If the devil didn't like you dirty, he definitely don't like you that you cleaned up and you're serving the Lord and you're acting on the word. Of course he's going to uh, resist you and fight against you. But who cares? He's defeated. You've been given authority over him. Any and everything that concerns sickness, disease, uh, depression, and anything of that sort is from the, the enemy. So you resist that, you're resisting him. But you decide. I decide. We make that choice. And we have that choice. But stop putting pressure on yourself as if you have to do something. All you have to do is believe and rest. You don't have to make healing happen. Healing's already happened. You don't have to make provision happen. Provision has already happened. What did Jesus say? Only believe. Don't complicate it. Look at Matthew chapter 6. I'm, I'm purposely trying to take my time. I'm, try, I'm purposely trying to take my time. Matthew chapter 6, verse number 24. No man or woman can serve two masters, for either he will hate the one and love the other, or else he or she will be loyal to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and mammon. Now, it's talking about money, but you cannot serve God in the world. You cannot serve God in depression. In other words, both of those, you can think depressing thoughts and have depressing thoughts, but when we just choose to act on the word and resist those thoughts, they have to leave. They can't coexist. Belief and unbelief cannot coexist in our heart. We can have unbelief at times in our head, but not in our heart. Because when that happened after I prayed concerning those nuts, you know, obviously I thought, you know, man. But then it's like, wait a minute. When did it happen? When did it take place? So Jesus goes on and said, look at the birds of the air, verse number 26, and uh, for they neither sow nor reap. And, uh, and, and then he says also in verse number uh, 27, which of you by worrying can add one cubit to its statue? But I want you to see how many times he tells you not to worry. He says it in verse number 25. Look at verse number 31. Therefore, do not worry. Does that mean that we decide or he decides? We do. 
So he says it in 25, he says it in 31. Verse number uh, 33, he says, but seek first the kingdom. We decide, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things should be added unto you. Verse 34, what's those first four words? Therefore, do not worry. So today is the, the tomorrow that you were worrying about yesterday. I heard somebody say that and I stole it from them. The today is the tomorrow that you were worried about yesterday. So what is that saying? Jesus said in verse number 34, therefore do not worry about tomorrow for tomorrow will worry about itself, its own things. In other words, tomorrow is going to worry about tomorrow. Let tomorrow worry about tomorrow. Sufficient unto the day is its own trouble. In other words, listen, trouble is going to happen. Trouble is not going to stop happening, even to Christians. Even to Christians. Once again, what did Jesus say? In this world, you will have trouble, test, trial, but he didn't leave it there. Be of good cheer. That's a choice. That's a decision. But be of good cheer when I overcome the world. No, I have. Because I have for you overcome this world. And you may be saying, well, you don't know what I'm going through. You don't know what I am feeling. You don't know the pain I'm in. You don't know what he did. You don't know what she did. You don't know how I, I have sleepless nights. So I'm saying to you, I'm not saying that those things or what he did or she did don't exist. We just don't give it first place. We don't seek it first what does the word of God say about Abraham? And Abraham, I'll try to quote it without looking at it because I, I want to keep moving on. It says, the word of God says, and Abraham being not weak in faith, considered not his own body now dead, neither yet the deadness of Sarah's womb, but he was strong in faith giving glory to God. So, he, it wasn't like he said, didn't say, well, my body is old. He knew his body was old. He knew Sarah's body was old and past that age of, the point of producing kids. He knew that. He knew it. So he did not say it didn't exist. It's like, you don't say what you're going through. It, it's not like it didn't happen. It's not like it doesn't exist. But you don't give it first place. And we decide that. That's what we decided. That's not the point where we cry out and say, God, you know, don't you see what's going on? Don't you see what's happening? No, that's what we decide. We're not going to give it first place. Just like Abraham decided. And, and every one of you 
if you're born again, have strong faith. How do you know that? When you decide like Abraham did to give glory to God. And Abraham, being not weak in faith, gave glory to God. You have the faith of the Son of God residing in you. Galatians chapter 2, verse 16 and 17, or 16 and 20 tells you that. The faith of the Son of God. So take the responsibility off yourself, and it helps you, per se, in reference to your faith, trying to get stronger faith, trying to get more faith. Take that responsibility off yourself. You read the Word of God. I read the Word of God to find out the faith and, and encourage myself and persuade myself to the faith that I already have, that you already have. Look at it real quick. Galatians chapter 2. Real fast. Now, you all ex- excuse, uh, uh, I think it's Christy that's up there doing the scriptures because, you know, they're really good, but some of the scriptures I didn't give to them. So, I'm trusting that you all have your Bibles or your your electronic devices, all right? So just in case the scriptures are not up there, I told them, I go, I may go to some of these, or I may not. But look real fast at Galatians chapter 2, and look at verse number 16. Knowing that a man or a woman is not justified by the works of the law, but by the faith, by the faith in Christ Jesus. One translation says, by the faith of Jesus Christ. Even we have believed in Christ Jesus, that we might be justified by faith or by the faith of Christ and not by the works of the law. For by the works of the law shall no flesh be justified. Look at verse 20. I have been crucified with Christ. He's talking to Christians. It is no longer I who live, but Christ lives in me. In the life which I am now living in the flesh. You don't need faith when you go to heaven. You need it right now and you have it. And the life which you're now living in the flesh, you live by the faith of the Son of God. This says faith in the Son of God, but the faith of the Son of God, who loved you and gave himself for you. You decide. That's how you live. And it may not, you may not see it happening immediately, naturally, physically manifest but that doesn't mean a hill of beans we decide oftentimes jesus spoke you know uh, actually his disciples they would ask him i think it's in Ma- uh, matthew chapter 13 they say why do you use parables jesus said that you know that he would fulfill the words of the prophets and reveal the mysteries ah the mysteries the mysteries What's one of those mysteries? Colossians chapter 1 talks about those mysteries. Those mysteries. One of them is Jesus Christ in you. He resides in you. That's a mystery. It's a mystery to the mind. But we can act like it's so. Because the Bible says it's so. The mystery of the kingdom of God or the kingdom of heaven from the foundation of the world. Often when Jesus spoke in parables, not only did he speak about 
uh, people, things, or circumstances that were uh, uh, relative to the current culture or event that he was in, but he spoke about things also today when he spoke about par- when he spoke in parables. So some of the parables were relative or the reality uh, to the life that we are living now who believe in him, who are children of God, who has Jesus as Lord in our life after accepting him as Lord and Savior. So it's when we decide to take our place in Christ, it's when things that are spiritual realities are revealed in our physical and earthly realm. That's when we decide. We make that decision. Look at uh, uh, Luke chapter 15. So we, we have a choice in the matter. And, and no matter what it is, you know, no matter what it is. Well, someone may say, well, what about, you know, my, my son? What about my daughter? What about my husband? What about my wife? Well, you know, you as a child of God is, is, is still accepted, expected to live in peace and live in rest concerning that situation. And it takes work sometimes to enter into that rest. It takes work sometimes to actually just choose to walk this word out. It, 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 it takes work. It, it takes refusing to allow myself, yourself to think and act a certain way. Nobody shouldn't cause us to stop eating because of worry. Nothing. It doesn't mean that you're not tempted to. But it's not a sin to be tempted. Jesus was tempted. We know that. But, you know, as I mentioned not long ago, we can live this life until we're 100 and whatever years old and, and just live it from day to day from worrying and fretting and being concerned and all these type of things. And it's like, no, man, no. I'm not going to do that. I'm not. I'm not saying I'm going to just immediately walk in it and, and change overnight or whatever, but I'm going to work towards it because the Word of God says it's available. The Word of God says that I'm supposed to sleep at night. The Word of God says I'm supposed to eat. And I'm supposed to eat. I need to eat. I'm only a, a, a dollar and some change. And see, that's another thing. You know, people, you know, we comp- as I mentioned, we compare ourselves. We look at her or we look at him and think that they're this or, you know, they're all that or what they may have, you know. We need to stop doing that. You know, I've had people even say to me, you know, because, you know, I don't have a weight problem. But honestly, as I'm standing here talking to you this morning, I can name right now three things, at least three things, that's bothering me physically, either discomfort, unease, or just irritating me physically. I'm not overweight, but people automatically assume things about, or we assume things about people. And just because someone's overweight doesn't mean they're unhealthy. But we, 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 we assume, we judge, and we should stop doing that. 
But what, what is it going to help me if every time you see me, I'm telling you what's going on in my body? Somebody don't even share with my wife. She's probably going to ask me later on. You know, I mean, I'm not saying that we shouldn't, you know, take measures or whatever. If you need to go to the doctor, you need to go to the doctor. You need to do certain things, do it. Just, I can't tell you what to do. You have to follow your heart. But, you know, uh, don't, don't compare. No, a lot of people, especially Hollywood, they put all this mess out there and think that these people have glorious, glamorous lifestyles. And we're looking at them, some of the most confused, crazy folks in the world. But we shouldn't compare ourselves to and look at ourselves and, 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 and be hard on ourselves based on, you know, what we see in somebody else's life. And no matter how spiritual they may be. Paul says, and they believe that, they say, you know, history believes that Paul wrote Hebrews and he tells not to follow the men whose faith follow. Don't follow. I don't care how much you admire them or whoever the person may be. You don't follow him or her. Follow their faith. Because once they're dead and gone, what are you going to do if you're following them? Yeah, they made an impression on your life, praise the Lord. And one of the people I'm thinking about is my mom, you know. But I, I don't follow her per se. What encourages me is when I was out there in the world and how she just refused to give up. That's, who, that's how I follow her faith and stick with it. So uh, what did I tell you all to turn to? Luke, right? Look at Luke chapter uh, 15 and verse number 11. Luke 15, verse number 11. It says, uh, then he said a certain man, and Jesus is talking, most of us are familiar with this. Uh, the, the, the prodigal son is the call it. Then Jesus said, a certain man had two sons. The younger of them said to his father, Father, give me the portion of good that falls to me. So he divided to them his livelihood. And not many days after, the younger son gathered all together, journeyed to a far country, and there wasted his possession and prodigal living. But when he had spent all, there arose a severe famine in the land, and he began to be in lack or in want. Then he went and joined himself to the citizen of that country, and he sent that citizen sent him into the fields to feed the swine. And he gladly have filled his stomach with the pods that the swine ate, and no one gave him anything. In other words, he was hungry. He was so hungry. Verse number 17, but when he came to himself, or I have written here in my Bible, when he decided. Now, there's way, many ways that, you know, you can kind of look at this particular parable. But for today, I want to look at it in light of not just the younger son, but the older son being in the home of the father, okay? Or in light of where we are at as children of God today. 
So, but when he came to himself, he said, how many of my father's hired servants have bread enough to spare? And I perish with hunger. I will. I decide to arise and go to my father and say to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and before you. And I am no longer worthy to be called your son. Make me like one of your higher servants. This is it. He, he's prepared his speech. How many times have you, how many times have I, before I knew better, whether I sinned intentionally or unintentionally, most of the time intentionally, I, I'll just talk about Tico, I'll talk about y'all, see y'all get offended. And then, uh, you know, especially early on in my walk, you know, I had habits and different things, and I just, I'm, I'm talking to myself how I'm going to pray and repent about my sin. And knowing, God is thinking, knowing what I'm thinking about before I get ready to say it. I'm getting ready to say to him, God, I, I knew that, you know, I'm preparing it. I'm, and I'm his son right then, as if it caught him by surprise. So he prepares his speech. And he arose and came to his father. But when he was still a great way off, his father saw him and had compassion and ran. But there's so much in this particular parable concerning that culture, that culture of that day. It was indignant. It was, it was wrong for an older gentleman to run back then. So as Jesus is explaining this, these guys' mouths are like, because some of the things like he, how, he, how he sold all the possession and did all, that's being disrespectful. In a way, he was saying to his dad when he did that, because most of the time back then, that didn't happen until after the father passed. He was telling the father, I wish you were dead. So verse number 20, he arose and came to his father, but when he was still a great way off, his father saw him and had compassion, ran and fell on his neck and kissed him. And the son said to the father, now he's he getting ready, he, he's already prepared it. Now I'm getting, I'm getting ready to tell him. I, I practiced on the way as I was coming. Okay, I'm, I'm getting ready to get there. I was, oh, crying. He's, he's, and the son said to him, Father, oh, 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 I sinned against heaven and I sinned in your sight. I no longer worthy to be called your son. What's the next three words of that? Verse number 22. But the father. But the father said to his servants. He's trying to explain and he's crying and, and he's there and father's hugging him. And, and he started, I've sinned in your sight and before heaven. But the father ignored him. He looked to the servant. He didn't even acknowledge that. But the father said to his servant, bring out the best robe. That's for an honored guest. And put on him a ring. That's, that's, a, that's an authority being restored. 
and put on him a ring in, in, his, in his hand, on his hand, and sandals on his feet. Servants don't wear sandals back then. You're not a servant. If you're a son or daughter of God, you're not a servant. And he don't see you by your past. No matter how bad your past was, is, or what you did to who and whomever. He sees you as he sees Jesus. And that's how he wants you to see yourself. Even when you mess up. When did Jesus, what, his, his sacrifice, his death, burying, resurrection, when, at what point, is it just in our past, in our present, or in our future that our sins are covered? All of them. So bring out the best robe, he said to him, sandals on his feet, and bring the fatted calf, that's for special occasions, and kill it. I don't want no skinny because we're getting ready to eat, y'all. My son's home. And let us eat and be merry. For this my son was dead, is alive. For this my son was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found. And they begin to be merry. And I want to let you know, there's, there is a party continually right now happening in the realm of the spirit. There's a, there, there's not no line of Richie party. There's a real party. And as we, you know, have an experience depression and you know, you come out of it and you realize like, man, that, that was, I was, I was, man, lost in that. Still born again. But when I begin to understand, man, his joy is always there. His peace is always there. There is always a party going on in here. But I have to choose to join that party. I decide whether I'm going to walk in that party. Even if my body says different or people say different. I'm going to stay in the party. Now his older son, oh Lord, was in the field working. How many work for the Lord, you know? Well, oh, I'm working. And as he came and drew near to the house, he heard music and dancing. He heard a party. At a party. Let me pause right here. When you die, when you die, when, when I die, there's nothing that's going to change with your spirit. Nothing. Nothing. Your spirit remains the same. It's our body and oftentimes our mind that takes us away from what's already complete and done in our spirit, from the party that's happening in our spirit. And as we feed on this word and renew our mind and, can, and choose to act on this word, 
and our spirit, our spirit is already in agreement with it, we join the party. But sometimes we go in and out of the party. In and out of the party. But as you continue to feed on the word, and you go out of the party, and feed on the word, and act on the word, and choose to believe the word, the longer you'll stay in the party. Because there's always a party going on. Celebration. Always. But we, we're going to always have this body. We're going to always have, because we live in a fallen world, we're going to always have this body. We're going to always have these things pushing against us, trying to keep us out of the party. And it's going to happen as long as we're on this earth. Jesus said that things are going to happen. Trouble's going to happen. So how can you have peace in the midst of a storm? Just keep reminding yourself who's on the boat with you. So he called, uh, the, the, the older son called, verse number 26, one of the servants and asked these things, asked what these things meant. And he said to him, your brother has come. And because he has received him safe and sound, your father has killed the fatted calf. But he was angry and would not go in. Now, he kind of represents someone that's been born again for years. Right? Been in the father's house. And here's someone gives their life to Christ and start just taking off and join the, the benefits and the blessings of the Lord. But yet, this particular person has been born again for years, working in the church, doing all these sorts of things, which is nothing wrong with those things. But there's a big difference, as we know, between work righteousness and faith righteousness. And he's been around for a while. And how many have worked on a job and someone, you know, you, 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 you see someone get hired and they start doing well, and you may have been the one that came on the job, you get hired, you start doing well, you know, you're applying yourself and you're learning policy, procedure, and all these things, and you start getting promotion and blessing and favor, and some bonehead starts complaining. Like, who do you think he is? Been around, they've been around for years and had the same opportunity as you but didn't take advantage of it or just lazy and starts fussing. I'm talking, y'all. But he was angry and would not go in. Therefore, the father came out and pleaded with him. Please understand this. The father came out and pleaded with him. Notice what the father did not do. He didn't make him join the party. He pleaded. He's like, son, come. Join the party. Enjoy everything that I've provided for you that's already been provided. Join the party. He pleaded with him, but he didn't snatch him and say, get in here and join this party. He didn't do that. Why? The son had to decide to join the party. He had to decide. The party's already happening, y'all. We don't have to wait until we get to heaven to enjoy life, to enjoy our wife, to enjoy our kids, to enjoy even a job that you don't like being on, to enjoy life. Just enjoy life. Just, just be at peace. 
We don't have to wait until we die. We can decide. Verse number 29. So he answered and said to his father, Lo, these many years, I, look at how many times he says I, I have been serving you. I never transgressed your commandment at any time. And yet you never gave me a young goat that I may make merry and have a party with my friends. But as soon as this son of yours, he didn't even call him my brother. As soon as this son of yours, huh? Not my brother. As soon as this son of yours came who has devoured your livelihood with harlots, you killed the fatted calf for him. And he said to him, son, son, daughter, you are always with me. You're always in the kingdom. And all that I have is yours. Everything that I have is yours. And so th this is my determination. I know I'm not speaking this alone. I know many of you feel the same way. Man, if, if I'm going to live this life, I'm going to live it. You know, I'm going to, I want, I want, I'm going to experience everything that he's provided. I, I want to, I'm going to, when I leave this earth, I want to just squeeze out as much as I can. That's my choice. But it doesn't just happen. We decide. I decide. I decide if I'm going to enjoy the relationship with my wife. I decide if I'm going to enjoy my kids. I'm going to enjoy my job. I'm just going to enjoy people. Just enjoy, enjoy, enjoy. You just choose to enjoy. And be thankful. Just be thankful. Verse 32. So it was right that I should make merry and be glad for your brother was dead and is alive again and was lost and is found. So once again, I wanted you to think of this as both of them being in the kingdom like you are, like we're in the kingdom. I know this is different setting back then, but you can look at it that way. Like now, there are people that are in the kingdom. Some are enjoying the party. There are people that are born again. Some are enjoying the party and some of us are not. And honestly, I believe it's by choice. I don't know your past. You don't know my past. I don't know what you've been through. But we can allow him to walk us through it so we can enjoy life and, and be, be a testimony to other people and help others. It's like, listen, your story is for somebody else. It's not just for you. It's for someone else. Last thing I want to uh, look at is Acts chapter 3. Acts chapter 3. And I'm going to cover a few things in between the, uh, the chapters, Acts chapters 3, 4, 5, and 6. But I just want to bring out the decisions that the disciples made. And it's called the book of Acts for a reason because they acted. They acted. Acts chapter 3. Now Peter and John went up together to the temple at the hour of prayer in the ninth hour. And a certain man, lame from his mother's womb, was, was carried, whom they laid daily at the gate of the temple, which is called Beautiful, to ask alms from those who entered the temple. 
seeing Peter and John about to go into the temple. And research, research reveals that this guy was there when Jesus walked the earth. There's a lot of people that, that were not healed while he was on the earth. And fixing his eyes on him with John, Peter said, look at us. Verse number five. So he gave them his attention, expecting to receive some money. Then Peter said, silver and gold I do not have. But what I do have I give you in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Rise up and walk. And he took him by the right hand and lifted him up. And immediately his feet and his ankle bones received strength. And so he, verse number eight, leaping, stood and walked and entered the temple with them, walking, leaping, and praising God. Amen. What did Peter do? Peter knew he, he, he don't have that. But he knew what he did have. And he decided to act on that. Listen, we're, we're, we're living in a day and age right now that we have to decide to be light and not darkness. We have to decide to act on the word and be a blessing and not just here in the church, but at Walmart, everywhere we go, we have to decide to be ambassadors for Christ and represent him. Amen. Verse 40, uh, for, I'm sorry, verse 11. Now as a lame man, was healed and held on to Peter and John. He was holding on to him like, oh, I'm healed. Thank you, Lord. All the people ran together in the porch, which was called Solomon, greatly amazed. So when Peter saw it, he responded to the people. See, these things happened, and it opened up a door for Peter to preach. And he took advantage of it. Those doors are going to be opening even more. Why? Because it's not getting better in the world. It's getting worse. But you're the light of the world. So we should be sensitive every day in reference to an opportunity to preach, to teach, to, to, to heal the sick, raise the dead, cast out devils. Freely you have received, freely give. Decide every day to be a blessing to somebody. So he took advantage of that opportunity. And guess what happens next? Persecution starts. Persecution starts. And, and, and so those from, from the church, some of them from the church started persecuting Peter. Verse number 16, in his name, he's talking about Jesus. Through faith in his name, I've made this man whole. So Peter, he, he by faith in the name of Jesus, believed that this man was that's how he was made whole. Through faith in Jesus, not through faith in him. So take the responsibility per se off yourself. Look at verse uh, chapter 4. Now as they spoke to the people, the church or the priests, the captain of the temple and the Sadducees came upon them being greatly disturbed that they taught the people and preached in Jesus the resurrection from the dead. And they laid hands on them. They laid hands on them to pray for them. They laid hands on them 
and put them in custody till the next day. However, many of those who heard the word believed, too late. The word had already been spoken. And the number of the men came to 5,000. Just from them acting on the word of God. In, in chapter 2, in verse 41, I think it says 3,000 came. So right now you're up to 8,000 people just from them, just from one man being healed. I, I believe, I believe that that is to take place right here at this church. Not just here at this church, but in Eustace. Not just from in Eustace, but in, in the state. Not just all over, but it starts right here. Pastor Shannon has not been receiving those prophecies just to be receiving them. In reference to, you know, what Isaiah talks about. I think Isaiah 54, you know, ex expanding, preparing, get ready. That's for you also. That's for you, not just for the pastor. It's going to happen because of you. You have a part to play. But understand, when you do, persecution's coming. It's on the way. Because they didn't have nothing to do with Peter until, until this started happening. But it's no need to be encouraged. You're in good company. It happened to Jesus. So we shouldn't expect any different. So they, they, they commanded them not to do it anymore, not to preach, not to talk about Jesus. Verse number 8 of chapter 4 says, Then Peter, filled with the Holy Ghost, said to them, to the rulers of the synagogue, uh, to the rulers of the people in Israel, if, this, if we this day are judged for the good deed done to the helpless man, by what means he's made whole, let it be known unto you all and all the people of Israel that by the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, whom you crucified, whom God raised from the dead, by him... This man stands here before you hold. Look at verse 13. Now, when they saw the boldness of Peter and John and, and perceived that they were unlearned, untrained men, they marveled and realized that they had been with Jesus. So how does these things take place? By you spending time with Jesus. In his word. How do you make the decision or, make, or decide for God or not for God? Spending time with him. Not trying to earn anything, but just wanting to find out, listen, who am I? What can I do? What can he do through me? I decide. Jesus said that the Holy Spirit will take of his and reveal it or show it to you. And help you make that decision. Look at verse... Uh, Number 19, I'm sorry, verse number 18. So they called them, commanded them not to speak anymore in the name of Jesus. But Peter and John answered them and said to them, whether it is right in the sight of God to listen to you more than God, you judge. You judge. You make that decision. For we cannot but speak the things which we have seen and heard. In other words, we choose, we decide to do what God's called us to do. 
We decide to represent God. We decide to live the life that he's already provided. We make that choice. Look at verse number 24. So when they heard that, they raised their voice after they had told them, you know, stop doing it, stop, you know, preaching, stop doing this. He said, they raised their voice with one accord and said, you are God who made heaven and earth, the sea, and all that is in them, who by the mouth of your servant David. In other words, what they started doing, they started talking about how big their God is and who he is, and what he has done. And they started reminding themselves of who he is and what he has done. And that's what we are encouraged to do when persecution arises or when sickness try to attack our body or when someone is against us or what's going on in the world. We should remind ourselves of who our God is and what he has done in the past and what he will do. And we decide as a result of who our God is and who we know he is and who he is in us, we decide to go forward with him and believe this word despite what's going on out here. We decide, we make that choice. And then further on in verse 29, it says, Now, Lord, look on their threats and grant to your, to your servants with all boldness that they may speak your word. Verse number, uh, by, verse number 30, By stretching forth your hand to heal and that signs may be done through the name of your holy servant Jesus. And when they had prayed, the place where they were assembled was shaken and they were filled with the Holy Spirit and spoke the word of God with boldness. I, I know that I have not been the only one that's been in a tough spot and have chosen, God, I don't understand this. I don't know why this is happening per se, but I choose to glorify you. I know that everything good comes from above. You know, I'm starting to talk. I'm starting to speak about who my God is, and as I'm doing that, I begin to get encouraged. I begin to get stirred up, and I begin to say to myself, why are you feeling this way? I refuse to act and yield. I refuse to give in to this. I decide to push back. And that's what it means to resist. You decide, resist, at his onset, resist him, and he must flee. But even if things don't happen immediately, continue talking to yourself. Continue encouraging yourself in the Lord, in him. We have to decide that. You know, Esther had, had to make a decision herself. You read the book of Esther was, you know, the, uh, Haman, I think, Haman, he wanted to annihilate. He wanted to murder all the Jews. And she had to make the choice to go before the king. And what did Mordecai say to her? For such a time as this, 
you've been placed in this position for such a time as this. And he said to her, if you don't do it, God's going to get somebody else to. Friends, you're here today living in 2021 for such a time as this. God has you where you are at right now for such a time as this. Choose to allow him to use you and work through you right where you're at. And sometimes it's just smiling at folks. So you're here for a reason, young and old. God wants to be glorified through you on your job, with your family, with your kids, with your friends. He wants to be glorified through you for such a time as this. But you decide. You decide. You make the choice. As Joshua said, you choose who you are going to serve. But for as for me and my house, I'm going to serve the Lord. That's what I choose. So let's stand. Praise the Lord. You decide. You decide. And I believe most of us have already decided. We've already made that decision. It doesn't mean that we're living perfect. We're never going to live perfect. It doesn't mean that we're doing everything right. But there's a hard decision that we make to choose life and not death we 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 can we make that choice we decide so i, I just wanted to pray in agreement with with all of you as you make that heart decision some of us have to make a decision concerning loved ones and how we're going to respond to them and how we're going to are we going to let what they're doing or not doing impact our lives and cause us to, to feel certain ways, to act certain ways? Are we going to allow what we're phys feeling physically? Are we going to allow what's going on in the world and the fear that's being put out? Or what's going on in our, with our finances? Anything that's contrary, uh, we have to make that choice. Are we going to Give it first place of what the Word of God says. Take the pressure off yourself and put it on Him. Just let's choose to relax in Him, in His peace, and in His love. Father, I thank you. <clears throat> I thank you that hearts are stirred. I thank you that hearts desire to go towards you. There's people in here that have made commitments that have made uh, uh, decisions with their heart to go forward with you regardless of circumstances that are contrary. I thank you that as they press toward the mark that you will continue to confirm and encourage direct Thank you for peace in the midst of the storm. Thank you that as they choose to rest in you, no matter how difficult the relationship may be with whomever or what they may be going through, that you will reveal yourself to them in it, not that you caused it, 
but you're with them to keep them. There may be some in here uh, this morning that have not accepted Jesus as Lord and given him first. Place. That's the first thing to do. And if you haven't, I mean, this is, the, this is the opportunity. This is the opportunity not to walk out of that door without Jesus being Lord of your life. There are prayer team members here that's willing and wanting to pray with you, for you. But that's the first step. So if, if you don't know God as your Lord and Savior, that's the first step. And Jesus said that if you come unto him, he won't cash you away. He won't cash away. People may cash away, but he, he won't cash away. He wouldn't have given his son for you. So don't walk out of those doors. If you desire prayer for anything, come up here. Let someone agree with you and pray with you. This life is meant to be lived in victory and not defeat. And that's what he wants for you. So, Father, as we go our way, we thank you that you're, you're with us. I thank you, Holy Spirit, for wooing those and drawing those that desire to walk closer with you, revealing yourself to them even more as they open the word of God and as they pray. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. Praise the Lord. Go on in victory, y'all. Amen. Hallelujah. Please come up. Don't forget about Saturday. Remember, we're not going to be a square. We're going to be there. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Amen.